Hello and welcome to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply, where we talk to support professionals from all over the world and discuss what's behind their team's success. This interview is brought to you by Nice Reply, an all-in-one customer satisfaction tool that helps you measure and improve the quality of your customer service. My name is Craig Stoss, and I'm here today with Ingmar Zarhorski, the VP of Customer Success at Chart Mogul. Welcome. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Uh, Ingmar, you've had a lot of experience with success and support, and, and I think we'd, I'd love to dive into that. What do you see, see as the distinction between a success team and a support team? Support tends to be reactive and transactional in nature, while success is primarily proactive, focusing on helping customers accomplish their goals and objectives. Also, uh, the KPIs are a bit different. On the support side, the focus is more on speed and quality, measuring things such as CSAT, first reply time and next reply time, while on the other hand, on the success side, measuring things such as retention and expansion rates, both for the account and revenue side, and also net promoter score. So I, I agree that they have very distinct uh, functions within an organization. And I, and I see a lot in startups, especially where organizations, you know, just start success teams or support teams because that's what companies do. Um, it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on how you identify when an organization needs these roles and how they evolve with each other or from each other. When I was hired at Chart Mogul about five years ago, I was tasked to build up a customer success team. However, I found what the company really needed first was a well-functioning support organization. Building out the functions typically attributed with customer success needed this as a foundation. We still built cross-functional CS elements into the roles we had at the time, but the focus was customer support. As the company evolved, the cross-functional roles reached their limits. This started surfacing through gaps in our lifecycle management. Overlooking warning indicators about an account that would have required us to proactively take action got lost in the noise of the day-to-day -day operations. As the saying goes, when everyone is responsible, nobody is responsible. These areas where ownership wasn't clear bubbled up at increasing rates. Another indicator were requirements coming from our other teams, such as the sales team. As accounts were getting larger and having more complex onboarding requirements, prospective customers were asking us whether we had a CS program or whether they would have a CS um, a manager um, assigned to themselves post-sales. Hence, uh, a strong CS program became something important that our sales team wanted to leverage during the sales cycle. These were some of the reasons we decided to then break away from cross-functional roles to establish a customer success management department. And, and so you, the evolution comes about from, from noticing a change in your customers' behaviors or the size and things like that, and, and, and that any company needs to be very conscious of that. Um, how do you achieve that? What types of tooling do you use? And, and at what point do you in, in implement that tooling in order to make sure that you can measure that effectively and consistently? When one is very data-driven, 
there's the temptation to measure too many things, especially when it isn't entirely clear which data points provide the most value. I had evaluated numerous CS platforms early on and realized quickly that our understanding of the customer journey and usage profiling wasn't advanced enough to be able to get value out of implementing a CS platform. That's why we started with a manual approach of customer health scoring that aggregated data points from across our tooling stack. We did this in a Google Sheet, which was really time-consuming, but it turned out to be a good learning experience. Data points that we included were coming from the CIM for sales and support, Intercom for behavioral data that we pushed from our application via custom attributes, and also uh, NPS scores that we had in type format at the time. We developed a methodology for customer health for our managed uh, segment based on certain assumptions that we had using those data points. This helped us gain a deeper understanding of the usage of various customer personas and what the primary churn indicators were, what made them successful in the different stages of the life cycles. After about a year of doing health scoring manually, we did an internal research project to interview a number of B2B SaaS success leaders of companies of different sizes to understand how they approached customer health. This reaffirmed some of our assumptions and then challenged others in useful ways. This research project uh, helped us to avoid making costly and uh, time-consuming mistakes by learning uh, from these uh, leaders that had already gone through the process of implementing a CS platform. Ultimately, it informed our decision-making process tremendously about which CS platform was right uh, for our specific requirements and would be sufficient for the years to come. And so the, there needs to be a lot of consideration into building your tools. You, you know, you said understanding your customers, you know, understanding the different personas and segments that you sell into. Um, and, and the tools need to reflect that. You know, I, I think that uh, there's probably a, a lot of, uh, an element of uh, each persona might need a different level of care, might need, have different triggers for, for churn. Um, you know, what benefit does bringing that into some sort of customer success tool give to your organization as opposed to doing it manually or trying to track it, um, you know, in, in someone's head or, or like you said, in, in spreadsheets? A well-designed success tool helps to be strategic about lifecycle management. Segmenting customers, in our case, into self-service and managed accounts. Segmenting lifecycle stages as well. In our case, those are pre-sales, onboarding, adoption, success touch, and renewal. A success platform also helps to drive the right behaviors uh, through these stages to assist the customer proactively to overcome any obstacles that may be there. Knowing what completion of a stage would look like, such as the onboarding stage, enables us to then measure this in the CS platform and lower or increase the health score of a customer based on what the data is. This then leads to 
being able to flag up risks and opportunities in a CS platform that enables us to build playbooks around them. One simple example would be to detect when an account owner is changing, to get in touch quickly in order to re-establish a new relationship and onboard the user onto the platform so that the person understands the value before the renewal comes around. What, what resonates a lot with me in what you just said is that it's very, it's very bespoke. Every, every, every company, every uh, segment, every industry uh, is going to have to have a completely unique implementation of, of all of these tools evolve in, in a fairly unique way, um, segment in a different way, their customers, um, you know, the, the concept of, of, reaching out to a new account owner actually is, is super interesting, right? And, and having that auto detect and use tooling to, to help guide those conversations, I think is a, a strong way to approach uh, customer success. So that's, that's been an evolution. You started with, you know, you know, very tactical support, uh, you know, very, very transactional, moved into more strategic success, and then it segmented even further into, into different uh, playbooks. What's the next evolution for your team? Number one, to become even more data-driven in our health scoring approach. In an early implementation of a CS platform, it is quite common that the customer success manager's uh, sentiment has more weight, but this uh, will transition more towards product usage um, as the profiling becomes uh, more sophisticated. And this is something we want to move towards. Number two, a QA process for qualitative assessment. In your podcast episode uh, with Sarah Allenberg of Partner Hero, you discussed this topic uh, extensively. I must say uh, I completely agree with the notion that having great support KPIs doesn't really tell the whole story. Hence, uh, we also want to develop a process for qualitative uh, analysis across the different teams in order to make sure that processes are consistently followed and that the right organizational values are represented in each conversation. I believe that doing this in the right way, in a peer review fashion, empowers the team to raise the bar in every interaction with the customer whether it is in a support ticket, uh, onboarding call, or training webinar. Number three, I want to invest more in our self-service segment. We can take the learnings uh, from the managed segment, and some of them will be able to apply to the self-service segment in a tech-touch way through training programs and uh, webinars, uh, in a one-to-many fashion. Sounds like you have a lot of investment and planning to do in the coming uh, quarters. Uh, Ingmar, this, uh, this evolution that you just shared is something that resonates really well with me. Uh, data-driven decision-making is, is super critical. You know, evolving alongside your customers, absolutely uh, vital to, to do as, as the needs change. And, uh, um, and I think it will resonate with any leader who is currently building up a, a CX team. So thank you so much for sharing. Thank you very much, Craig. It was a pleasure. And thank you all for listening to Customer Experience Leaders Chat by Nice Reply with today's guest, Ingmar Zahorski from Chart Mogul. Make sure to check out our other support interviews and more quality content at NiceReply.com. NiceReply.com.